Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Samurai Brothers. John and Matthew back with you again. And um, we are on episode 23. Uh, we kind of had to take a break. Uh, a lot of things happening, just, um, you know, family stuff going on and then just work and and um, and the like. And, like, uh, I'm getting ready to try and, you know, assist with uh, coaching for this upcoming season. So, you know... A lot of stuff going on, and it's going to get busy, especially with the holiday season. It's going to start coming up, right, Matthew? Yeah, I think that's going to be the real test of our podcast because we're going to have stuff going on, and then there's going to be events going on and stuff right. like that. So, so um, at least for today, uh, you know, we kind of had to figure out, you know, we've had to kind of talk about, you know, when we're recording and such, and uh, it's actually Thursday today, but... Uh, I think we're going to be moving our recording sessions to during the week because I think Sundays there's so much that you know we have to do, you know, like well, I so much that you have to do. Ever since we started, I never had a uh, well on rare occasions I had issues, but consistently I didn't really have too many issues for Sunday. But yeah, we're moving to Tuesday. Yeah, from now on. So anyway, but with that being said, uh, Matthew. Uh, again, you know, since we took, you know, two weeks uh, off and uh, we've had a lot going on, obviously. And so um, just kind of getting into what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, first thing we have is going to be, uh, you know, we have the UFC obviously had their events going on. Uh, so the it's actually kind of interesting that the the last major event that they had was... UFC 278, which was almost two weeks ago at this point. So I've not yeah, seen PFL it. 9 also had their event, and uh, the predictable happened. Kayla Harrison is uh, facing Larissa Pachenko for – I no, it's not their trilogy match because Pachenko last year didn't make weight. So it's – That's got to be kind of sour. Or is it their trilogy match? They might have met during the season once. So we'll we'll go over that um, that event really quick. Uh, the other MMA event we'll cover because Matthew uh, told me about this, and so figure, hey, you know, uh, one of my favorite fighters who we'll talk about uh, shortly after we cover the UFC 278. He fought in the one championship, and this was the first fight that was on Amazon Prime. So Amazon, Matthew. I mean, you know, they're all over the place in terms of entertainment. So now they're getting into the MMA, it seems. So, well, more in depth. I understand at one point they were vying for maybe getting the UFC, but UFC mm -hmm. ended up settling with ESPN. And then, yeah, Prime's been ramping it up. So, yeah, Prime signed one championship after TNT's failed run with one champion oh yes tnt was trying to get into that business weren't they you know here was here was the thing 
some of the fights were good, but there were. It's, I don't know if there was even one fight without a controversy. Because mm-hmm. there was one fight with a DQ. There was another fight. There was just they the 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 three or four fight cards they did. I watched them all, and it was just one of those things where it's like the timing and everything was just. It was one of those perfect storms where just the the events did not go well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was already because at the time Singapore was still in the pandemic, so there was there were no crowds, so they're doing empty arena shows. But then on top of that, you just had fights that ended in controversy, ended in they didn't go so well. So, so anyway, so but we'll this now. Fight, Went really well. They were all finishes, and uh, it was the first of the prime events. So another another all finishes event. So that'll be an interesting thing. Uh, we've got a couple of sumo sumo topics to cover. The Banzuke, the rankings for the Ozumo Pro Sumo in Japan has finally been released. And Matthew, let me tell you. With all the COVID um, dropouts that we had, you know, you and I talked about that after the the Basho, you know, in July, and um, you know there was that, you know, they had to do a lot of different things in regards to who was going to get dropped, how much, you know, based on the fact that they had to withdraw from the tournament, you know, mid Basho. So this, it'll be an interesting thing. And then uh, also we're closing in on the US Sumo Open. So I have been going to some practices again and uh, had the opportunity. And so, uh, you know, I've gone to the, I was going to the wrestling practices. So I've been to, like, you know, I've been to, I went to this one this last weekend and then got one more practice to go for this upcoming weekend. And then uh, Friday will be the weigh-ins and then Saturday will be the tournament itself. So, you know, and I really... Um, getting to know people, making friends and stuff. So this will be something good to, to talk about uh, when we get there. And then Matthew, lastly, you know, our favorite topic, 
uh, or our favorite manga, I should say, which we always say for last. One Piece, 1057 and 1058. That uh, And, you know, these chapters came out during our break, so uh, a lot of stuff to cover with that. There's a lot of revolutionary stuff and all. So, you know, uh, I'm hoping that you're excited to be able to, to talk about it. Yep. yep. All right. So with that being said, Matthew, let's let's get right into it. And um, UFC 278. So this was uh, Usman versus Edwards and uh, Matthew uh, Kamaru Usman, who I think it was his brother had fought in a previous event that you had mentioned, right? Uh, yeah, his brother was in uh, this uh, this uh, year of the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, he won all the way through, and he's basically on that path to kind of differentiate himself from his brother, though he did have some encouragement from Cameroon during the during the show so so Matthew were you were you able to watch the the UFC 278 live yes I was what a main event Usman looked like he was going through for a victory he'd been winning most of the rounds you could maybe say that round one was maybe for Edwards but it was one of those things where you know he did the combination of um, ground and pound and, uh, you know, dirty boxing clinch wrestling against the cage and, you know, his uh, adaption of striking. So it was looking like Usman was going to win. And then in the fifth round, Leon Edwards head kicks him into... Oblivion? Yes, into oblivion. (laughs) It was one of those things. It was one of those things you could tell he was out before he hit the floor. Ah, <laughs> I've seen I've seen like some, some highlights of those. Yeah, yeah, some of those. Yeah, yeah, some fighters. It's like it depends on where they get hit because their nerve. It's like the way that the body reacts. Some of them, their nerves will tighten up. Others will just go completely limp. Usman was the former, where. It's like his eyes were open, he but he was just like he was not there, and he was kind of in one of those like seized up position. Mm-hmm. All right, well then let's get right into it, Matthew. So uh, we'll we'll go real quick over the the early prelims. Uh, so you had Daniel De Silva uh, versus uh, Victor Alta Murano and. Uh, Altamirano ended up getting a KO TKO at three minutes thirty nine seconds of the first first round, which actually earned him a performance of the night. Uh, I actually didn't see the early ESPN Plus exclusive prelims. Yeah, so it must have been quite something that he was able to do that and you know get a get a prize because uh, I don't think we see performance of the nights. Uh, on an early prelim too often, do we? No, but yeah, if they, if they, if it's literally called the performance of the night, if they go out there and they get a finish, then, you know, they'll, uh, they'll be rewarded. So second, second match we had was, um, a fighter from China. And I think this is pronounced now, obviously <laughs> I have no idea how to pronounce this. So I'm just going to say it as I, as I read it with the, which is Auri Kilang. So, you know, 
apologies to the audience if I if I butcher that, but versus Jay Perrin, and it looks like Ari Kilang uh, got the unanimous decision, so they went the distance, and this was a bantamweight uh, fight. The previous one was a flyweight. So then the third fight was another flyweight, Amir Albazi from Iraq, hmm, versus Francisco Figueiredo from Brazil. And uh, this went the way for Amir Albazi, who got a submission in the first round at 4 minutes 34 seconds. So then we if get I to the. Recall, I believe uh, Francisco Figueiredo is the brother, younger brother of uh, current UFC flyweight champion Davison Figueiredo. Mm, okay, that's interesting. So then we'll get into the prelims, and there were four fights there. So you had a welterweight bout, AJ Fletcher versus Ang Lusa from Congo. And uh, Ang Lusa won this with a unanimous decision. So, Yeah, I believe Fletcher, I'd like to say it was on the last Contender Series, Mm -hmm. which are ongoing, and I actually watched him last year, and he was... One of those guys who stuck out, and then he got into the UFC and was going through. And it's one of those things where you could, it's like you could have all the potential in the world. We'll see how far this guy goes. Mm. Okay. So then we had a uh, featherweight fight Sean Woodson versus Luis Saldana, and this ended in a draw. So uh, I'd like to say, was there a. I'm trying to remember if there was a, a point deducted, mm. or if it was, or if it was, they might have called it. Was this the split draw? This might have been yes, that. Split it says, draw. Yes, it says it was a split draw. So what happens there? You know how a split decision goes, right? Right. You have, uh, let's say, I don't know. It could be like a 30, 27, 29, 28, 29, 28, for example, and one of the judges scored a one of those cards for the other fighter while the other two. Yeah, so the way a split draw goes is similar to that, except one of the judges scores it a draw. Right. So, yeah, I, it, I, I'm, and I'm, yeah. like I said, I'm trying to remember if there was a point deduction. I can't remember. Oh. One of the things I've, I've found interesting is the last couple of times we've been covering these is that I've actually seen quite a few draws. And I remember when you and I used to go watch, um, you know, when you and I used to go <laughs> and be watching, you know, these events, I didn't really see any draws during those times. So to be seeing that in, in recent times, I think is interesting. Well, there were some recent changes to the scoring criteria that has kind of resulted in it maybe being easier to for that to happen. That's interesting. And what what brought about those changes, would you say? Just some criticism because, you know, the 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 scoring can always be better and it's just it's never been perfect. Mm-hmm. So the score, it's there's always the criticism of well, the scoring can always be better. So, right. The the um, Association of Boxing Commissions, who are the ones that oversee the you know both boxing and 
MMA regulations, they send have representatives go there every single year, and they always try to make these. Um, they're always trying to make constant um, suggestions on how to, you know, maybe do scoring and maybe even how to do certain um, other things. But a very interesting thing: the same meeting in which the scoring criteria changed, it only changed in some. Uh, jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. Mm. And also, that also changed how the scoring, ha- uh, like how certain, like what certain strikes were legal and what were not. So that resulted as well in kind of some some changes. In some jurisdictions, but not others. So you have to be very conscientious from jurisdiction to jurisdiction uh, what the rules are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we have we move on to the next one, and um, so we have a lightweight bout: Leonardo Santos versus Jared Gordon, and this ended up being a unanimous decision for Jared Gordon. And then the last uh, prelim fight of the night was Marcin Tybura from Poland versus Alexander Romanov from Moldova, and this ended up being a decision majority. Now, Matthew, what's um, just to kind of re-educate, you know, everyone, the difference between a split decision and a majority decision? A majority decision, one of the judges scored a draw. Ah, okay. So you had two judges that scored uh, the fight for one fighter, and then the other, the third judge scored um, the draw. Right. Okay, that's interesting. So, let's see here. Let's get into the main card. Uh, So, in the main card, you had a light heavyweight match. Tyson Pedro of Australia versus Harry Hunsucker from the U.S. And Um, Just a quick thing, going back to that main prelim. These guys were both, as you could tell, are like Eastern European heavyweights. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're like, I'm not sure if they're like just on the the cusp of like breaking into the top 10, but you know, this fight had implications. Ah, okay. So then we're getting into the, into the light heavyweight. Uh, So Hunsucker and Tyson are both up and comers. Mm-hmm. So well, this uh, seemed to go really quickly because a minute and five seconds into the fight, you had a KO by Tyson Pedro. Yep. So not much to go about that. <laughs> so a quick fight there. Then you had the women's bantamweight bout, which was Wu Yanan from China versus Lucy Pudilova from Chechia, and this fight went the way of. Lucy Pudilova, and she scored a knockout uh, at four minutes and four seconds in the second round. So that was uh, interesting. Did this fight have any implications that you would have been aware of? No, these two are both up and comers in the bantamweight division. They're they're. I don't know if they're even mm-hmm. ranked in the top twenty. Mm. Okay. So then you've got, uh, here's a name I'm familiar with in the bantamweight bout, Jose Aldo and uh, versus Mirab Divalish Vili. Davish Vili. 
Dalvishvili. From Georgia. Georgia. Yep. And he actually yeah, scored you, the win. Back when I actually watched the Contender Series, hmm? or no, no, not the Contender Series, uh, Dana White looking for a fight, uh, you know, maybe I should get back into watching that series. But back when I watched Dana White looking for a fight, this guy showed up. Hmm. And so he caught my eye. I'm just like, oh. So then he got into the UFC because of that um, show. And then he just kept going. And yeah, I, I don't, I, he's going up. He's been on an upward trajectory ever since he first got in. So I, I, he's, um, it wouldn't surprise me if he fight for the title next after, uh, Dillashaw fights, uh, Aljo. Oh, Dillashaw's, Dillashaw's still working his way around, huh? Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he served out his suspension, which he actually took the time to actually get double shoulder surgery. Mm. Yeah, that can be tough. Well, he served a two-year suspension because he got popped when he went down and challenged Cejudo, so he was just like, well, I'm not going to be doing anything else, so might as well, uh... Yeah, so he took the time By to get the, way, the double. I, you know, I, I do know that uh, Alan will still text, uh, you know, Dillashaw. And, you know, they were teammates, so, you know, it's nothing nothing yeah, out yeah, of the I ordinary. Didn't, yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. Uh, well, I knew that um, that one, uh, the... Um, There was that one um, uh, season of The Ultimate Fighter where uh, Dillashaw was coaching, and uh, it was the re- it, I, I think it was the redemption season, mm-hmm. and Jesse Taylor's on it, and I was like, I knew both those guys were on were were on uh, the Fullerton team, <laughs> the Cal State Fullerton yeah. team. So it's like I knew. So I was just like, man, this is. Not surprising, and they made reference to it on the show. Mm-hmm. So our co-main event of the night, uh, which ended up being the fight of the night, and uh, Paulo Costa, uh, this is a middleweight bout, Paulo Costa from Brazil versus Luke Rockhold from the United States, and this went the distance, Matthew, and... Um, so, unanimous decision for Paolo in this case. Now, uh, you know, because it was a fight of the night, I mean, it had to be really something. And uh, give us a breakdown of, of what you were seeing in this fight. Well, let's see. Costa went in there, and he was – he controlled that first round. He's the younger guy. He's, he's arguably the bigger guy. He at one point was thinking about going up to light heavyweight. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he just went in there, and he controlled it. Rock. Typically, the more ground savvy guy, but you know, Costa was Costa does have a pretty good BJJ background coming from Brazil. So uh, yeah, he was going in there and he was controlling it, getting in some ground and pound, but definitely controlling the first round. Second round, Rockhold, I think, rocked Costa and then did mm. enough to, I would argue, control the round. So my thought was, Rockhold, if you want any kind of hope, you need to go in there and take him out. But, yeah, well, definitely at least win the round dominantly, but he went out there and um, 
missed his opportunity. Uh, yeah, Costa, you know, again, did the same thing. And so, and then at the end of the, the, um, at the end of the fight, took off his gloves, left them in the octagon. And, you know, he, oh, he, he was the Strikeforce middleweight champion. He was the, um, the, what's it called? He was the UFC middleweight champion. So he didn't really have a whole lot to prove, not to mention he's got, He's got modeling deals. He's 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 a good enough he's a good enough looking UFC guy. It's just like just go and model. <laughs> yeah. He dated Demi Lovato at one point. Well, yeah, you know that's that's quite a career to have, you know, because yeah, he was around for quite a while. I remember. Yeah, you know, uh, a nice thing to see is that, you know, he comes from, um, you know, American Kickboxing Academy. And, of course, Cormier spent most of his uh, MMA career at AKA. He was doing commentary. So, you know, when he's, uh, when, um, uh, when Rockhold was done and walking out, um, you know, uh, Cor- you, it's like they showed a white shot. Cormier took off his, his headset, rushed over, and hugged him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when when you've been around people for a long time, and uh, you know, with all this stuff that's uh, been going on, you know. Yeah, and there were one or two other AKA guys who also were like, yeah. you know, good fight, good. It's you know what? If you have to go out on a loss, go out with hey. the fight of the night. <laughs> yeah. Go go out there giving it your all and getting the yeah getting it's like one last hurrah. So. Our main event, Matthew, and um, this has been some year in terms of retirements. It's like I don't have the whole list with me right now, but it's like you know, uh, Rockhold retired, John and Jurchek retired, Uriah Hall retired. The, the, the number of people who have uh, Donald Cerrone, Cowboy, the the number of people that have just retired that are of note. It's just. This is just one of it's it's this is it's like to the young the the new young people it's like this is a changing of the guard take advantage of it people are leaving it's it's mm-hmm. your it's like well you know what it it, it it like uh like dad has said you know you can't beat father time you know? Yeah, the reality is you only have a certain you only it's like your shelf life when you're an athlete. It's most people I I would I would say that the majority only do it into their 20s. Yeah. I mean we I mean I mean we did. Com- yeah, uh, at least when much, com- although I mean competitively anyways. Competitively, yes, although, you know, and and then it's really, I think, you know, coming, you and I both coming from athletic backgrounds, and then once you're out of it, and then you... Get back into it, it's hard. Well, well, first of all, you miss being in it. And then, you know, you get to a point where it's like, well, what have I been doing with this? And um, that's why I think people will want to get back. But when you've been out of it for so long, you can never get back into the shape you were unless you are... 120%, that's all you're focusing on for, you know, 24 Or you have a job 24/7. where you can, or you have a job where you can, you know, work around um, a workout schedule. Right, right. 
you 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 cannot well i mean i'm not going to say it's not undoable you could technically with a nine to five you could get that in but you really have to have the drive for it if you don't have the drive for it it's it, you're not gonna you're not gonna get there so you know that's why that's unfortunately one of the things I feel about is that, you know, kind of being where I'm at right now, you know, I could try to do a little bit better, but maybe I just have to wake out of my shell. You know, I just have to get out of my cocoon that I'm in right now to really get going. And I'm not going to blame anyone except myself in regards to that. So it's just getting motivated to do that. So uh, let's let's get into this, uh, Matthew, the main event, which was Kamaru Usman uh, versus Leon Edwards. The this was the welterweight title bout. So, you know, could you uh, actually check? Because it might have been the fourth round that the KO happened. So on on the USC's website, it says the fifth round. OK, I was right. Yeah. Yeah. Fifth round, yeah that, uh, like like I said, it was one of those situations where it's like going in, it's like it's the the only way Edwards could have won is with the finish. And he got the he finish. Did. Well, and he 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 was he cut it pretty close because you know it was the last minute of the fight. Basically. Yeah, it's yeah, everyone there was thinking of oh, this is this is uh this is another win for Usman, and yeah. What's really funny, um, I think there's already talks about uh, matching uh, Leon Edwards against Jorge Masvidal because they have some unfinished business from a uh, backstage uh, brawl. So yeah, that so. If, if if that if that matchup between um, Jorge Masvidal um comes up that that'll be interesting mm. to settle that you know right it's like my masvidal is just one who just likes to like make personal vendettas with people <laughs> it's like he's got that personal vendetta with colby covington cameron uzman and leon edwards I mean, way to make yourself relevant, but there's, there's there, I, I'm sure there's a better way you could do that. All right. Well, that concludes USC 278, Matthew. And um, I think if I were to look at uh, really quick on events, and then I guess the next uh, one that's going to be coming up is a fight night, and it's Gain versus Tuivasa, right? Yeah, so. these guys, Tui Vasa, if he wins, is looking to maybe get a title shot against Francis Ninganu and um what about Gain? Ga- what what are Gain's looking to stay in the in the title hunt because he's the interim champ. You know, he just uh, fought yes. Francis, so it's he's he's trying to stay relevant is essentially what's happening here. So 
And then another one which might be interesting is uh, Chimaev versus uh, Diaz. Oh! <laughs> oh! I heard some insane gym stories about Kamzat Chimaev, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, dude, slow down! <laughs> like, gee whiz, you, you, you Chechenian nut. <laughs> It's like it's like, dude, calm down. I know that it's like, even before COVID, part of the problem why he almost retired because of COVID was because he just he doesn't know he does not have a slow down button. This man is insane. <laughs> hey, well, sometimes hey, that's what gets you into the into the top rankings. You know, you can't just be a, a nice, timid guy. Especially in this type of sport. Yeah, I would argue, let's see, skill-wise and relevance-wise, rankings-wise, I would say Chimaev's last fight with Gilbert Burns was the most relevant. Notoriety-wise, this is going to be his highest because he's going as Nate Diaz. It's like regardless of their title history in the UFC, regardless of like any kind of record they have right now, the Diaz brothers, it's like, that's a name. Well, heck, I mean, this is September 10th, and, of course, this will be the day I'm at the U.S. Open, but, you know, if it's, um, you know, obviously the title fight. Is this a title fight? No, there's not uh, a title fight. But it'll probably go long enough that I could probably stop at some some sports bar and uh, just to show up to uh, – to to uh, watch this should be interesting. I uh, you know I think I might actually go somewhere and uh, you know I might actually watch this. Oh right, that's the pay per view. Yeah, oh, I can see why you got confused because it's it's headlining the pay per view. They don't have these. They do not have these these events that often where title fights aren't headlining or. The pay-per-views, but so, yeah. So what's what's been the marketing behind this? I'm kind of interested to, to hear about this. It's Nate Diaz versus rising star Kamzat Chimaev. That's the marketing behind it. You have the an up-and-comer. You have an absolute beast. You know, kind of representing again those that that Russian, insane Russian MMA versus you know one of the Stockton bad boys. <laughs> That he is. Okay. Well, Matthew, I think we're going to close out uh, the UFC 278, so let's get right into... Oh, one other thing about Kamzat. Um, he's got this scar going right here, and, you know, normally when you see a scar, like, right on the lip, it's normally because of a clipped lip. And that's not from a clipped lip. He had some kind of injury when he was a child where his lip got split. Mm. Brutal. All right. Well, I don't uh, know how much more brutal you could get than Big Nog losing a rib because mm. he got run over by a tractor. And he went up to become the Pride and UFC champion. Yep. All right. So shall we get into Prime 1? Yes. One championship on Amazon Prime 1. The first of the Prime... So the lead card, um, 
I mean, these guys weren't really taking care of themselves because you had three catchweights on the lead card that consisted of four fights. You know, consi- considering that, um, what's it called? One is supposed to have this, like, weight-cutting program. Yeah, that's that's not good. Because these guys are... What they would find the UFC, they're fighting a weight class above. And here they are missing weight. It's like, what is wrong with you guys? It's like, the, the whole reason why they did this is because was their people died. And these mm-hmm. guys are missing weight. Yeah. But, so, uh, I- oh, speaking of which, so I think it was for a fight night. But um, UFC fighter Tyson Nam... So he made flyweight, but California, like I mentioned, uh, has a little bit more of an oversight. They're trying to like monitor the weight cutting. Mm-hmm. I'm I did not read into detail what he did, but because of what uh, um, he must have like put in an IV or something like that. But because he followed improper procedure, uh, California said your next fight in the state, unless you can prove otherwise, is gonna be a bantamweight. Hmm. Hmm. All right, Math. Well, let's get right into it then, so uh, that we can. I, I'm going to let you know. I have only seen the main event. I have not seen the rest of the fight card. So okay. And yeah, just being upfront, being transparent. But if you ask okay. me about anything else, I'm not really going to know about it. I just, I just know the main so event. Then I'll, I'll, I'll just read these through then, so that then we can get to the main event. So. You should probably uh, also mention the fact that some I one or two fights were Muay Thai, right? Uh, actually, yes. Yeah, yeah, because because um, you know, it started out as purely an MMA promotion, but um, one is not just solely a uh, uh, MMA promotion. Now, it's it's basic. It's best described as a combat sports promotion. So, kind of like K One is now, and uh, also uh, Ryzen. You could describe uh, Ryzen, but definitely K1, Ryzen. K1 is solely kickboxing. That's all it is now. Yeah, because I think at some points, I think K1 did some MMA. Fight. Yeah, K1 did do some MMA, but that's, that's, uh, it was first spun off in, I think it was called K1 Heroes initially, but then they officially spun that off into Dream, and then Dream died. So. Yeah, because Ryzen, I think, uh, Ryzen, I've seen, they do MMA, they do oh, kickboxing. speaking of which, um, I think it's this month, Alistair Overeem is returning to kickboxing. Hmm. He got let go in the UFC, so he's going back to, he's uh, he's going to glory, and um, uh, he's in a trilogy fight with Badr Hari. Hmm. Hmm. The Moroccan bad boy. Mm. So let's get into the. I'm gonna read this off really quick on the lead cards. So you had three, the, and the first three fights are catchweight fights. Um, catchweight, 86 kilos, Sebastian uh, Kadistan versus from Sweden versus Yuri Lapikus from Moldova, and it was a knockout for the Swede in the first round. Uh, second fight was a catchweight, 54 kilos. Itsuki Hirata from Japan 
a knockout in the first round for Superlick. Next two fights are at heavyweight. You had Amir Aliakbari from Iran versus Mauro Cerilli from Italy. And the Amir Aliakbari uh, got a second round TKO. The second heavyweight fight, Marcus Almeida from Brazil won by submission in the first round over Kirill Grishenko from Belarus. I think I've heard. Or maybe that was another Cyril, Kirill Grishenko. Have I heard of him before, Matthew? I think you have. He's been around before. He's so kind of been around you, in that, that outer MMA um, yeah. sphere. Mm-hmm. So then we had another... Um, we had another... Uh, actually, let me make sure this is... Yeah. The other flyweight Muay Thai World Grand Prix semifinal, uh, and this was Pampayak Jitwangnan from Thailand versus Savas Michael from Cyprus. And the Pampayak won by a second round knockout. So I think what's going to happen is so uh, basically the. So, I guess that's not really a surprise, is it? No. <laughs> and then the co-main event was a the bantamweight Muay Thai World Championships. Nongo Gaiangaldo from Thailand, who scored a first-round TKO over Liam Harrison from the UK. And I think that name sounds familiar, too. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's another one of those guys who's been on that like uh, outer international MMA sphere. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this thing that you really wanted to tell me about because uh, you watched it. The Flyweight World Championship on the One Fighting Championship promotion. Yes, your, your favorite fighter and a fighter that I really so, like very much, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, is a champion again. Yes. And who was in round four. So, Matthew, since you did mention that you watched the fight, break it down for us. What happened? Um, basically, Marias, um, I would argue, controlled the fight a lot more than their first fight. He actually wobbled Mighty Mouse several times, so he was definitely exerting control, and it was another one of those situations where if it had gone to the scorecards, it probably would have been, um, Marias successfully defending the title again, but in the fourth round, um, Mighty Mouse was able to set it up. He got a good shot in, which wobbled. Um, Marias, and then he delivered a flying uh, knee to the head, which um, he once Marias hit the floor, Mighty Mouse just walked away. He didn't even bother with follow-up shots. He just walked away. It's like, I know I've won. (laughs) He he was, I'm not, he might not have been out. He looked like he might have still been conscious, but he was like in no like no position to defend himself. So it's like, it's like, yes, 
Mighty Mouse is a champion again. Uh, I, I was always amazed at uh, Mighty Mouse's um, durability, athleticism, you know, overall, you know, uh, the guy got a lot of hate, I think, you know, just for, you know, for some reason, people didn't find him interesting. And uh, I think it's because maybe he play had more of a safer style of um, fighting. And maybe that's why mm-hmm. people didn't like him as much. But yeah, he's but the fact of the matter is he had a rec. He has a record that I don't know if anyone can surpass that in the UFC, especially with the way things are going nowadays. I don't know if I don't know if eleven title defenses can be surpassed. Yeah, that's you know, and and uh, some of those defenses he took on short notice, didn't he? Yeah, he accept. He was willing to take on co- all comers. Some some guys, yeah, they would. Um, I think the farthest out was a month, but yeah, you know, I think his coaching with Matt Hume and. The relationship he had with them and his confidence and his skills were just were enough to where he was willing to take on all comers and was able to, um, you know, and, go uh, in there and win. I, I, I think <laughs> my favorite. Uh, hold on a second. With the. Uh... Oh, let's see here. Hold on a second. Am I coming through? Yep. Okay. I've been having a little trouble at uh, home with my internet, so apologies to everyone. Okay, so anyway, my favorite fight, Matthew, uh, to this day out of Mighty Mouse, is when he finished off his opponent with a last-second... Armbar? mission yeah it was that it was that arm bar i guess i think it was kyoji Horiguchi, right uh i think probably so you know that was that was a very interesting he set a record one. for ti- he set a record for a title defense he's the only um champion who has a finish at um 459 of round five right that's another thing. He's he set multiple records, and I don't know if he yeah. surpassed any of those. But uh, yeah, you know, just people, you know, don't yeah, give him. Yeah, that fight especially. He dominated the entire fight. He could have just cruised in there, but no, he was like, I still want that finish, and he went in there, and he, you know, with he he heard the he heard the the the, the ten second clap, so he knew mm-hmm. it's like. He he knew that he could have easily just cruised in for the win, but no, he chose to go for the finish. And it's like there was no way that he wasn't going to win that fight, but he chose to go for the finish and, you know, just solidified his legacy even more. Yeah. Well, glad to hear that he's doing well. And um, so we'll have to see how he does on his next title defense i think he you know, are the really same interesting. age i think i think the i think him and uh morais's last fight i think was on one of those tnt uh yeah it was on one of those tnt cards but um it's interesting because um one goes by what's called the global mma rule set they basically combine the stateside unified rules with the japanese um 
rules and create kind of a hybrid that they called the the global MMA rule set. So knees to a downed opponent are legal, uh, to the head of a downed opponent are legal. The first fight, that's how Marias, um won the fight was um, Mighty Mouse was down and he threw a knee to his head. Which, like I said, it's legal, but it, you know, it was, it was it was probably a little bit more brutal than I think a lot of people, even me, because you know, I, I'm it's like I call myself a Pride fan, but I was just like, "Ooh, sheesh!" Not used to those. All right, so let's get. Speaking into- of which, um, this the Amazon partnership is actually ha- actually has the goal of eventually bringing one championship events. To stateside. I think that would be interesting. The only downside being that they would have to do the exact same thing that Pride did, and they'd have to go by unified rules. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how... Yeah, that'd be... might be a challenge, but... All right. Are you ready to... Let's talk about some sumo, then. Shall we? So let's. Um, so interesting thing that happened was. Um, so you had, uh, you know, you had a lot of people pulling out in the last Basho uh, in Sumo because of COVID. Um, what do you call it? Uh, positive COVID, you know, infections, and I think it was. There was a lot of criticism, I think, being thrown at the at the Kyokai for the fact that, hey, they're running this thing, they're making people drop out, and we're making whole stables or whole heas dropping out, even though wrestlers were testing negative. And it was they made it, yeah, they made it very, very, very complicated. It was very complicated, it was very unfair to a lot of the wrestlers. You had, for example, a couple of guys that had never missed matches in 10, 20 years of of sumo wrestling. All of a sudden, you know, something that wasn't even their fault. It wasn't even due to injury. Uh, you know, the most and initially, initially they were going to they were going to end those records. Well, those records would have ended. But, you know, it wasn't until, you know, I think. You had news organizations, I think, were asking the Kyokai, hey, you know, these guys, they they never they never withdrew on their own accord they were forced to to withdraw and so the the nsk at least according to you know news sources were saying that these records were going to be protected but you know even with that you know you get some of these guys there they're, they they kind of have an asterisk next to them because of just how their records might look because of the fact that they did miss some matches, but those perfect attendance, and it's gonna it's gonna definitely be in parentheses, perfect attendance, because you're gonna have that asterisk next to it. But you know, it is what it is. Um, anyway, so what's what's interesting, Matthew, about this basho, or at least the the rankings, the banzuke. So Mitakiumi, uh, you know, he was on his way to a losing record. And the saving grace was that there was an infection at his heya, so he was allowed to keep his rank. But, you know, without a doubt, he's going to be caught up on this basho, so he's going to have to get 
a a majority of wins in order to protect his rank or else he's going to be falling. Uh, now, the interesting thing they did this time, uh, all you know, as far as the lower Sanyaku, so the Sekiwake and Komosubi, this is the first time now, at least according to the reports I'm seeing about this, you know, people are posting, you know, stats on, you know, the Sumo Forum. So what's interesting about this is that there are three Sekiwake and three Komosubi. So basically you have you have six you have three at each rank, which is you know, there's been six in the lower Sanyaku before and it and it mostly has been four Komosubi. You know. But to have an uneven, you know, an odd number of this uh Banzuke trivia post by Kintamayama. Uh, it's the first time in 23 years that this has happened. Uh, first time in, so January 99, uh, you had three Sekiwake, three Komosubi. Uh, first time, though, that there was six Sanyaku in the lower ranks uh, was Kyushu of 2019. So that's not a, that's not a surprising one. Um, so with that being said, you know, it's uh, kind of interesting just to say the least, that they would do this. But, so why did they do that? Well, you had, so in the last Basho, you had Hoshio Ryu, he finished 9-6 and six as the East Komosubi. Uh, so he got promoted. They weren't going to deny him that promotion because Daisho, who was the West Sekiwake, he had to pull out of the Basho because of a COVID infection at his Heia. And then two people got promoted to Komosubi this time. You had uh, Kibayama, who finished 8-7 and seven at M1. And then you had Ichinojo, who won the Yusho with a 12-3 and three at M2. So it was going to be kind of hard to deny him a promotion. And in the history, as far as I know, and I have to go back and look at this, but as far as we know, if you, if you have a Kachikoshi at M1 East, they've never denied... A promotion into the Sanyaku ranks. So now, with that being said, what all ensued in the chaos? Well, you had people that didn't even finish the Basho, and either they finished the Basho and they had not gotten Kachikoshi, they were not promoted. Uh, some people kept their ranks. But some people who had, and then some people that competed and got Kachikoshi before they had to withdraw did get promoted. And some people that had Makekoshi before they had to withdraw were demoted. Um, the crazy one I thought about, you know, which was not surprising, uh, you know, uh, Chris Gold, our, our resident, um, you know, really good at giving sumo... Um, breakdowns of matches and stuff. I mean, I, I like, you know, he, he's got a really interesting aspect to that, which is unique. Uh, but also, he's the resident. The J9 from what was this rank? So Hokuseiho went 11 and 4 at J13, and he only got promoted to J9. So 
you know, he's saying, oh, the Vonsuke committee had anti-Hakuho sentiment because, you know, Hokuseiho is in Hakuho's Beya. And by the way, Hakuho is now the head of that. So, anyway, but I don't know. Out of the matches that you got to see, Matthew, what did you think about the Bosch show, you know, overall? Um, average Bosch show? Really? That's all I can really say about it. Well, you know what? I'm going to say you're not wrong because it, it, it pretty was... It was kind of With the exception of the mass withdrawals, it was an average basho. Yeah, I would say so. You know, so... so did actually come up with some procedures to... Not... Not that I'm aware of. I'd have because to go back Omicron, and look at it. the Omicron variant's not going away. No. I mean, it I might mean, be supplanted by another variant, but the fact of the mm-hmm. matter is, you know, the fact of the matter is COVID's endemic. You know, we it's like we got over the hump, we got over the the more deadly strains, but it's it's not going away. Yeah, I'd have to say at least what I'm seeing on here, you know, I'm not seeing too much in terms of, you know, what to do just not there um because it's like what because what if this happens this basho or the next basho yeah or the next basho yeah what do you what what procedures are you going to do with that and i'm looking you know like nikon sports is the is the leading they they post a lot of interesting coverage, you know, about sumo. Um, you know, some people feel they're a little biased towards sumo, but, you know, it's like, hey, they provide some good stuff, so I'm not going to complain. Um, but, you know, even they're not, I'm not seeing anything that they're posting about COVID protocols for the Basho. So, Hopefully it's not going to happen again, or they're coming up with something and they're just not telling us. Hard to say. So that's that's my bit as far as pro sumo goes. Now, Matthew, let's get into the. Good. Uh, kind of show some matches, uh, and I know that you saw uh, a couple. And um, I think that the video quality is not that great, but I think I, I want to screen share with you so that you'll be able to to see it and stuff. So let me just do this real quick. And uh, hopefully you're able to, are you able to see the screen? Yep. Okay, so I'm going uh, I'm, to uh, pull up one of the... I guess that, I guess that screen needs to be replaced somewhat soon. Uh, yeah, this is this is mom's old, you know, TV screen. So, so let me see here. I'm a. Oh, that was not the right one. Oh, you you went up against a big bearded man. Oh yeah, so this guy. Um, 
gosh, I forgot his name all, all, all already. But um, he's actually a um, he's a high school wrestling coach. Really? Yeah. So and he 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 likes to do this too. So um, this was one of my my favorite match. Even though I lost this match, I, I felt it was one of my more competitive matches for the day. And then also this is um, Takeshi. And uh, he's an amateur uh, champion from Japan, so he didn't enter pro, but um, he's also a gold medalist at the U.S. Open, and uh, he's one of the—he's actually one of the lighter guys to win the open weight. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. He, he wrestles, looks pretty small for an open weight guy, considering you were talking about how there's like 400-pound guys in the open. Well, weight. no, 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 no. You've got heavyweight. Which is you weigh like two hundred and fifty something, right, and above. But open weight, anyone can enter. Open weight is pretty much, you know, the the it's open weight, right? Pro sumo, you know, the pro sumo method. So him at he's going to be in my weight class. <laughs> so you know that means that I might I'll probably have to go against him. So he's going to be in my weight class. Which is going to be max 220. So he's won the open weight, weighing that much as a as a middle weight. Middle weight <laughs> is what they call it. It's quite something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then in the background here, you've got Yama, Yamamoto Yama, heaviest Japanese sumo wrestler ever. Really? What's he doing out here? Well, he retired, and then he decided, and when he retired, he didn't have a, a, a kabu available, so he couldn't stay in the kyokai. So he decided to, I think he kind of made some appearances outside of Japan, and then he settled, you know, on coming out here. And then he was even, um, he's been in a couple movies. Uh, one would include John Wick 2. Really? Yeah, he played an assassin that tried to take out John Wick, but in turn... By how? Sitting on him? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. If, if you were to watch the fight, which, you know, if you want to, you know, watch John Wick later, if you watch the fight, he actually does a sumo charge. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he plows John Wick into, into a, um, you know, a, I don't know if it was a telephone booth or a glass stand or something, but... <laughs> Anyway, um, so oh, this is Casey. Uh, yeah, Casey is his name. So yeah, he is a he is a high school coach out in um, uh, wrestling coach out in the Corona area. Oh, okay. So anyway, so, so near near look. you. Yeah, near me. So let's take a look at at our match here. I'm guessing Casey's a weight class or two above you. Yeah, he's he's probably he's probably uh, yeah. So end up getting taken down, but that was the one of the more competitive matches I had, which you know, so that was that was good for me. I thought. Um, he, I think he weight or heavyweight. He's probably he's probably weighing. Definitely upwards of 250. So he might be a heavyweight. Um, the other match I had was, um, 
I think. Here's this one. This is, uh, I think, I think Danny was the name. Um, and so this was oh, actually the first time. Job. I, yeah, so this was, uh, I'll play it again. Danny uh, this was actually the first time. He so looks this like is actually very, the first he looks very, very beginner. Well, actually, he's been going to this for a while, and, um, Maybe I, I, um, I was told I caught him off guard a few times with my Tachi eye, uh, because he's a very, he's a Tsupati. He uses Tsupati a lot and, uh, well, you know, like he'll with, get. With that kind of, with that kind of build, I, I could see that. I mean, he looks like he kind of need that in order to be competitive. Right. So, you know, he, if he, he he'll get me up like this and stuff a lot. So I think my being able to just get under him, this is like the first time in practice that I beat him, you know, so, uh, which I thought was interesting. And then um, this last match, so I have here. So, uh, yeah, I saw this one. Yeah, this is the one that I I texted to everyone. And, um, yeah, I tried to lift here, couldn't get it. And then I saw that... um, I saw that his his foot seemed to be kind of maybe unstable here. I think if you go to about, so if we kind of do this again here. Then, yes, I tried to lift. And then right about here, I was kind of seeing that he had his foot back. So that's where then I thought to go for the, you know, the shitate. The shitate nage, underbelt throw. And um, anyway, but I'm I'm told he's a he's a lightweight champion uh, at the U.S. Open. So really, you know, uh, he he likes to he likes to throw a lot though, you know. So that's that's something. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how that goes. So you know, again, hey, you know, I'm having fun with this. And uh, by the way, I I um I tried asking him if if there's like a sumo club up in, you know, like Bakersfield, uh, that area, it's like, you know, maybe you could, uh, go out there. Um, there's no real club out there. Although they said that there's a couple of brothers, they've got like their own, own little <laughs> that they, that they'll do in their garage apparently. So, you know, I, I know that you want to start doing that, but if you can give me their contact info, I might actually, I might, I might start going down to Bakersfield like maybe once a month or something like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, I could show you, you know, like some of the exercises and stuff. Uh, so that maybe because there's stuff that you can do by yourself. Um, obviously, when you want to get, and that can help you get into get into some shape. Obviously, the the best the the next best thing after that is being able to uh, you know do the practice with actual people, right? You obviously want to be able to do that. Well, I've got a friend of mine who I would argue could pro I could probably we it's like we've talked about doing sumo, so. By the way, so I did find out the there, there's an Orange County Sumo Club 
but um, it's not as organized as as this because the the guy the guy who actually runs the who who's a he's a major player on the organization of the tournament itself uh you know is was the guy who was kind of like sitting in the middle you know officiating the match so you know it's a lot more organized this oc sumo club um they don't they don't they kind of do their practices outside and they have like a makeshift ring and they'll do and they'll do their practices on the grass and so they don't they get into maybe like makeshift mawashis too so they, they don't really um it's not as big on practice so well it's something that you know you don't have to go all the way to torrance right well my Okay, so um, it's like the did I did I cut off much? Uh, you said you got cut off at my my something. Okay, um, probably Matthew. We should end the episode. There's no One Piece chapter next week, so we could probably um, do get our. Into it. Yeah, because my, my, uh... Your computer's acting up? Yeah, I think my computer's acting up, because I don't think it's the router. It doesn't look like the router. Okay, well... Uh, well, anyway, so, um, it looks like, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we're running out of a little bit of, uh, we're running out of time for today, so... And plus, my internet's acting up a little, so, uh... There is no One Piece chapter next week, so, actually, that'll probably be better to be able to discuss that because i think matthew you and i i think we're gonna probably go really long on that one yeah we're so. gonna be discussing a lot so uh matthew um where can our viewers and listeners find us okay we are on let's see our audio podcast we're on youtube and rumble i don't know if you've connected that one other one yet not yet Okay, um, and then uh, audio, we're on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Uh, of note, this is going to be the first episode um, that we are going to do that is going to be broadcast on Micronational Radio. It's a radio station that will start up, and we have negotiated to where we're going to get not just this episode and newer episodes, but our back catalog will also be broadcast on there as well. They're looking for content. And also, in relation to that, I will be starting a podcast, which tentatively is going to be named the Golden Age Podcast, talk about the Golden Age of Radio. So, uh, yeah, we'll be doing that. And uh, I'm hoping to uh, start up uh, my own podcast too. Want to talk a lot, talk more in depth about sumo wrestling, and then uh, talk about uh, amateur wrestling. 
Uh, I am still looking to try to start up uh, a website to, you know, uh, look at all the champions of wrestling and then maybe expand that into other sports as well. So, uh, but we will keep doing the Samurai Brothers because we do like talking things, you know, Japanese and, uh, and uh, MMA, you know, sports in general. Uh, maybe we might get into pop culture uh, eventually too. Uh, you know, just talk about, you know, very talk things. about some anime. So we're technically in pop culture. Yep. So uh, also Matthew is uh, he runs a website called MMA Freak. So you can find him uh, writing there. The website is MMA-Freak.com. And uh, the Twitter for MMA Freak is at MMA Freakout. You can also find him uh, personally on Twitter at Matthew Salzer. And uh, so, yeah, make sure you follow him there and uh we do have our own twitter for the samurai brothers uh at the samurai brothers i believe it is called so make sure you give us a follow there i'll just make sure that i am promoting us right before uh let you guys go and let's see here yes it is at the samurai bros so make sure that uh you know Come out and uh, follow us, subscribe, and everything. And uh, so, Matthew, with that that being said, thanks as always for your colorful insight. Yep. And uh, make sure that uh, make sure that we fix my internet <laughs> and yeah. then such like that. Uh, so again, everyone, thanks for coming out, and uh, hope you have a great night. And we will see you all later. <laughs>